We all have something that we really like to do. It can be sports, reading, or dance. What about you? Hi, and welcome to I Heard You Can Draw, a podcast where we talk about drawing. My name is Michelle Sherman. I'm an artist, and I use my 12 plus years as a certified K through 12 art teacher as a way to look deep into how amazing it is to understand the world around us by drawing it. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the very first episode. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited to have someone to talk to about drawing and a place where we can just totally geek out about all things drawing because honestly, how many people in our adult lives can we do that with? As an adult, after, you know, I've been out of art school for so long, I've basically found one amazing friend Um, recently who loved to draw and we would go out and talk about drawing and go out and draw together but she recently moved and I'll tell you about her later but I'm hoping that here we can find a community where we can talk about drawing and just how much we love it. So who am I? I've been an artist my entire life and of course how many of us as kids would spend hours and hours drawing and just get so lost in what we did that the hours seemed like nothing and you felt like you were totally in the zone. If you've ever seen kids, most of them love to draw and paint. Of course, some more than others, but it's pretty much a staple activity in preschools. My mom actually noticed that I really like drawing and painting. She said when I was two, she noticed it. And she said that she could tell that I was an artist. And she, as I got older, she was looking to sign me up for an art class when I was about four, but I was too young for the local art school. There was a minimum age of five. And she felt like I was ready and I was four. So she came across an ad in the newspaper for an art class being taught by a woman in her garage. So I was able to sign up for that. And I did that once a week. And it was, it was amazing. The teacher would dress up as different artists for each lesson. And I remember specifically one project we worked on. She had a kiln. This wasn't necessarily about, um, this part wasn't drawing, but I really remember being in that garage, working with a piece of clay and pressing the beads into it. I wasn't really focused on making it look like anything in particular. I remember that, but I knew there was something special about making shapes and placing the objects where I wanted them to go. There was something magical there and I just loved it. One day I remember fast forward to kindergarten and this this is something I really remember as a kid. There was a girl in my class and she was sitting there kind of goofing around with another girl. And I think she had some kind of like a magazine or some kind of a picture in black and white. It was a photo, um, either from a book or something. And she held it up to another girl in front of me. I could see, I could see what they were doing. And she was, she was being sneaky. She said, she's like, I drew this. And she was pretending that she drew it so realistically. And I was very, first of all, irritated that she was lying. But my next thought was, I know I will be able to draw so realistically one day that it will look so real. And it was a weird thought to have in kindergarten because I had no proof. Obviously, I was in kindergarten. I've never drawn realistically before, but I just knew like somewhere in my DNA that I would be able to draw realistically one day. And that was the first time I really remember like solidifying that idea in my mind and just knowing just this really strong knowing that I was going to be able to do it. So it was like in, in me this whole time, that was my story. And I know a lot of kids as we get older into elementary school and I was a teacher. So I saw this year after year, it's very common for many kids to stop drawing for fun at this point. 
during elementary school, this was the time when I really became what I called the class artist, where I was the person who would draw things for people and everyone knew I was like the artist of the class. People would come to me and ask me to draw things for them. I remember at one point I was making these t-shirts for everybody and I would say, okay, bring in a t-shirt and I would take it home and I would use puffy paint to draw the cartoons, you know, whatever kind of cartoon they wanted, like the Ninja Turtles or something like that on their shirts. And I was, I was doing that for a while. Um, you know, and later I'm going to tell you about this, but as an adult, I made a children's book about a class artist. And this is where I got a lot of my, my story from was from my own childhood of being the kid in the class who was like the go-to person for, for anything about art or drawing. And because of this, it really became a part of my identity and how I saw myself and how others saw me. And it was a confidence booster, really, because it was the one thing I knew I was good at. Uh, Right before middle school, I was probably in fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. I remember I was at my younger brother's baseball game and I was sitting outside on the bleachers on a sunny Florida afternoon. And I overheard my mom talking to another parent who was explaining that their child was trying out for a special art school in our area. It was a magnet school where kids from the entire county could go. And I was immediately intrigued and I knew that that was where I was supposed to go. And even though I didn't know anything else about the school, I just heard this little snippet of the conversation. It turned out that the school was like the one in the movie Fame, where you could audition for the music program or the dance program or theater or visual arts. And that's what I would be auditioning for. And you would get a top-notch arts education alongside the academics. It was 45 minutes away from my home where I lived as a child. And the kids in my part of the, the county would actually take a train So we would take a train there and back every day. So it was a pretty long day. I begged my mom. I said, I want to try out. I want to go to that school. She was okay with the idea because when she was a child, she lived in Brooklyn and she would take the train to to the same kind of a school in Manhattan and she did the same thing. So it wasn't a foreign idea um, for our family. So she, she allowed me to do it. And I spent a lot of time preparing for the audition. We had to put together a portfolio of our artwork. I collected cartoons that I drew. Um, One was of my sister wearing different outfits. And one was the more abstracted face I drew with a long line. And I named those like spaghetti heads um, as something I made up. And then I also did some more realistic drawings in pencil. And when I auditioned, we had to go in front of a panel in person and show them our portfolio and talk about our work. And they actually didn't accept me right away. Um, I don't know if I had too many cartoons. What they did at the time was they had a summer program. So the kids, I guess you could get a yes and you're accepted or no, or you get a maybe. And what they did was they put you in the summer program that they had. And we took classes with the teachers that worked there that would you know, would actually be our teachers if we got in. And at the end of the summer session, they would reassess us if we were going to get in or not. And I remember working really hard and following the teacher's directions and taking it very seriously. And I was accepted. And when I was accepted, I really felt like it was where I belonged and I felt seen. And I was always the class artist, like I said, in elementary school. And here I was going to be the in class learning about all types of art, drawing, painting, sculpture, printmaking. And we were required to keep 
a sketchbook each year, which is a practice that I still, I still keep to this day. I think it's very important. And I just, I learned so much during that time. It was a really intense program, but it, it was amazing. To quote Deepak Chopra, there are no extra pieces in the universe. Everyone is here because he or she has a place to fill and every piece must fit itself into the big jigsaw puzzle. So I don't know exactly what my mission is in life, but I do know that I'll find it by doing what I love to do, which is drawing and following these, these knowings that lead me to the path. And it's always been through drawing. So fast forward as an adult, I end up getting a master's degree in, in teaching, specifically art education. I love teaching and it was a natural transition for me to combine my knowledge of art and working with kids. And even though I was always guided by drawing, I, I know it would always be there for me. So somehow, you know, I wanted to take a path of, you know, a stable job and just some stability. So, you know, and I've always been babysitting and teaching kids and I I like working with kids. So, and I became an art teacher and I did that for about 12 years um, in both elementary and middle school. And while I was a full-time art teacher during that time, I had a lot of life changes happening during those years. Um, I met my now husband. Um, so during the time of full-time teaching, I was planning a wedding and then we had my son and then my daughter. And during that time, you know, I was busy being a working mom, um, which made me put my drawing practice on the back burner. And I, I really didn't have time to do what I loved. Of course, I loved being a mom, um, but drawing was always something that I loved as well. And, you know, I really missed drawing and it was making me honestly a little depressed. And it wasn't until 2020, after the lockdown happened, I was teaching in a school when school was canceled and I was teaching from home on Zoom. And I had a lot of, you know, time to think about, you know, I really missed drawing and I wanted to start making time for myself again and getting back to, you know, that feeling I had as a, as a kid where, it brought me confidence. It brought me happiness. It brought me, you know, so many, so many things in my life that I was missing. And it was around this time I, I started going on Instagram and I remember Instagram recommended that I follow this artist who also lived in Boca, which is where I live now. And she would go to downtown Boca Raton and make, she would do on-site drawings, which is what I actually used to do. I used to go sit at Starbucks and draw people and just the architecture, and I loved it. And I saw she was doing this. I said, wow, someone actually besides me does this in this area. And I was very happy to see that. So I actually reached out to her through Instagram, and I asked if she wanted a drawing buddy. And I didn't know what she would say, if she would want a buddy or if she liked going alone or if she would even respond. But she did. She responded and she said, sure, she would love that. And um, so we we met up. We decided to meet in downtown Boca. We met in front of the Starbucks and I was going back and forth in my mind like, I'm so excited. I found a drawing buddy to, oh, no, is this person going to be crazy? I don't know who I'm meeting. So it was a little nerve wracking, but I'm so glad I did it because um, we we ended up meeting about once a week. We did it pretty regularly. 
we would go out at 7 a.m. and while the sun was coming up in downtown Boca, it was so beautiful. And we would go to different places and we would draw the architecture and we had, it was so nice. I, I really looked forward to those Sunday mornings because not only was I doing something that I loved that I missed so much, but I had a friend to do this with. And it's one thing to go out by yourself, which is nice too, which I, I like drawing by myself. I wouldn't mind, but going out in public is a little, I don't know, it's nicer to be with somebody. So I really, really loved those those days where we could just go and draw together. And we did that for about two years. And those drawings of the downtown architecture and the different places, we we, we did those on watercolor paper. And I would later use a photo reference to add watercolor. So at the end of two years, I had like 20 nice paintings that was amazing because for all of those years when I was working as an art teacher, you know, I would call myself an artist, but I didn't really have like a body of work to show. So if I were to have an art show, I didn't really have anything. And I was, I was a little upset because, you know, how can I call myself an artist? I have nothing to really show except some sketches and things here and there, but not, not like a body of work. I ended up doing an art show in the local library. So I had the work. I, you know, I worked for two years on this series of watercolor paintings and I had something to show. So that was really nice to, to show my work to the, to my community. What I was talking about today were the three of the times where I was able to listen to my intuition and follow it. And it was on the path of drawing. So today I talked about three times when I followed that. The first time was in kindergarten when I thought, okay, I know that I'll be able to draw realistically, photorealistically one day. The second time was when I overheard someone talking about the School of the Arts and I thought, that's the school I need to, I need to be in. I need to go there. And the third time was recently in my adult life was I saw someone's Instagram profile and I thought, I need to reach out to them and I need to be their drawing buddy. And I think just these are three times throughout my life where following my intuition and listening to it and following this path of what I like to do is is important. So I really started this podcast after my friend moved. So she moved out of out of South Florida and you know I missed having a drawing buddy and I missed talking to somebody about art and having conversations and like I said in the beginning geeking out about drawing, about drawing paper, about like what kind of watercolors are we using? What, where are we going to go draw? What did you draw today? So you are my new drawing buddy. So tell me, I want to be part of a conversation with you. Um, you know, where are you on your, on your path? What were your knowings? I want to know about, you know, tell me like, where are you with your drawing? Do you still draw? Did you draw as a kid and then you stopped in elementary school because someone criticized you? Or are you an, an adult just wanting to start and you're not sure how? So where are you? Let's, let me know. And we are going to talk about this every Wednesday. I'm going to be here uh, once a week talking to you about different things about art and life and drawing. And I can't wait. I'm going to send you off with a song called A Beautiful Place to Start. I'll see you next week. Take care. You might see a sweet purple flower or a magical rainbow sky. Then a shiny balloon or a bright yellow moon catches.
is your eye. There are so many colorful places to be, so many curious faces to see, and wouldn't it be nice to draw every wonderful thing you saw? Or a pony whose coat is blacker than coal But how do you draw them and where to begin? The page is so empty, your pencil's so thin Well, you know there's a way to draw Every wonderful thing you saw